Hello and welcome to the very first Dynamite Podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 24, 2006. My name is Joe Rybant, and each and every week we'll be here talking about the week ahead, the week that was, and much, much more. This week we have three new comics hitting the stands, and first up is Classic Battlestar Galactica number 1, written by Rick Remender, art by Carlos Rafael, colors by Carlos Lopez, and of course covers by Dave Dorman and our special guest cover artist on issue number 1, Talent Caldwell. Thought dead, left behind by Galactica, and stranded on a planet overrun by Cylons, Starbuck and Boomer must make a harrowing journey into the heart of a Cylon stronghold in the hopes of stealing a ship large enough to carry themselves and the planet's remaining human population, and return to Galactica, if they can find it. I spent some time over the weekend and into the beginning of the week engaged in lively debate over the direction of Classic Battlestar with some fans of the show, and you can weigh in with your own opinion, or review issue number one, or any of our comics, over at the Dynamite message boards at www.dynamiteentertainment.com. Next up, we have the continuation of the Savage Red Sonia miniseries, Queen of the Frozen Wastes, with issue number three once again written by Frank Cho and Doug Murray, art by Holmes, colors by Will Murray, and covers by Frank Cho, Stepan Sejic, and Holmes. In this issue, Sonia remains trapped in the clutches of the beautiful and deadly Ice Queen, forced to duel in the arena against man and beast alike. As she plots her escape, will her plans be foiled by her desire to free her fellow prisoners? And of course, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Michael Tubbs, winner of the Savage Red Sonia Original Art Contest, and also mention that Holmes will actually be taking over the main Red Sonia book, beginning with issue number 19, while we send Red Sonia superstar Mel Ruby on a top-secret mission starring the She-Devil. More details on that project to come. Also this week, we have Xena number 3, written by John Lehman, art by Fabiano Neves, colors by Chris Garcia, and cover art by Fabiano Neves, Azina Photo Cover, and Adriano Batista. Contest of Pantheons continues in Part 3, Stalk Like an Egyptian. After the return last issue of Callisto, Xena and crew continue on their quest to serve as champions in the God War. But is Callisto friend or foe? After Xena number 4, we'll be doing a Xena Annual by writer Keith Champagne and artist Noah Salonga. And then John Lehman returns, joined by Salanga, for the Dark Xena storyline, which begins in issue number five. Fabiano is also headed on a top-secret mission, and more details on that to come as well. Also in stores this week are a group of Dynamite trade paperbacks, and yes, some are a little overdue, but they're here now, and that's the important thing. If you've been hearing all the great things about Red Sonja, but haven't read any of the issues, the first trade is really a great place to start. And the Red Sonia She-Devil with a Sword Volume 1 trade by Michael Avon Oming, Mike Carey, and of course Mel Ruby features issues 1 through 6 in the grand finale of the opening arc, issue number 0, a complete cover gallery featuring the works of Alex Ross, John Cassidy, Michael Turner, Mark Silvestri, Greg Land, and many, many more. The trade paperback also features two covers in a 50-50 split, Alex Ross and Michael Turner. The trade paperback also features director's commentary with the creators and a look at Mel Ruby's original Red Sonja designs. One of the other trade paperbacks out this week comes fresh from our victory at the Scream Awards, the next Army of Darkness trade paperback collection. Army of Darkness versus the Reanimator by James Kohorik, Nick Bradshaw, and Sanford Green, featuring covers by Gabrielle Delato and J.G. Jones. 
The Army of Darkness trade features the crossover no one expected to see. Army of Darkness versus Reanimator. Ash versus West. The ultimate battle. Winner takes all. Ash finds himself committed to Arkham Asylum, and it's here he runs afoul of a rather ghoulish and creepy Herbert West, and the battle of the century begins. I mentioned a top-secret mission earlier, and I'll continue the tease by saying you may want to get caught up with Ash's event adventures sooner rather than later, because big things are coming. Also in stores this week, the Scout Trade Paperback Collection by Timothy Truman. Scout was originally published in 1987 and created by Timothy Truman and features the Native American hero, Emmanuel Santana, and his one-man war against oppressive governmental forces in a post-apocalyptic United States. This revered and powerful series is remastered and presented to a new generation. This first volume features the first seven issues of the series, all featuring the writing and art of Truman, remastered and recolored for this volume. The Scout Trade Paperback also features a brand new original cover by Truman, an introduction by John Ostrander, and an afterword in the form of an interview with creator Tim Truman. And that's just this week. Next week, tentatively, fans should look for New Battlestar Galactica number 3, Army of Darkness number 11, and that's the end of the Ash vs. Dracula storyline, as well as the Red Sonja vs. Thulsa Doom trade paperback and the Army of Darkness movie adaptations featuring the fully painted art of John Bolton. And speaking of Battlestar Galactica, I hope everyone got a chance to check out not only the first several episodes of the new season, but last Friday's episode in particular, because it was pretty incredible for those that saw it. For those that didn't, I won't spoil it for you. Working on the comics, we actually get a chance to look at preliminary scripts well before they air, and even knowing what was coming, I was still floored, I have to say, and I kept on hitting the rewind button over and over again during the episode, because there was so much great stuff to watch. It was really, really great stuff. Uh, speaking of Red Sonja, January kicks off the Red Sonja 35th anniversary celebration, and we'll be celebrating in style with the kickoff of the Animals story arc in Red Sonja 19. Animals story arc runs issues 19, 20, and 21, and I mentioned earlier that Holmes will be the series artist on that. He'll be joining writer Michael Avon Oming, and we also have, in addition to uh, a lineup of all-star cover artists, we will have legendary Red Sonja artist Frank Brunner providing the original art for the foil editions for each of those issues. Also in January, look for the Red Sonja 35th Anniversary Cover Showcase Collection, featuring a selection of the great covers from Red Sonja Zero on up that we feature each and every month. We also have the Red Sonja 35th Anniversary poster, which will feature the Jim Lee cover from issue number 12, and that joins the previously offered Frank Cho cover to issue number 13 poster. And a Red Sonja bust, our first Red Sonja bust, featuring a 3D recreation of Gabrielle Delato's Red Sonja cover. And you can look for all of this and more in this week's previews, and look for more news and info on these and the rest of Dynamite's January lineup in the coming weeks. You'll also hear about more of this stuff in the next podcast. And now we're going to take a few minutes to talk about a few of the books that we sent into stores last week, and some spoilers may follow. You have been warned. Lone Ranger has certainly proven to be one of our best-received comics, and we couldn't be happier. Last week, issue number two arrived in stores, and in addition to the classic Battlestar fans that have been on and off our boards talking about that series, a few Lone Ranger fans have been hanging at the Dynamite message boards talking about what they like and what they don't like. Now, you can weigh in for yourself, but it really boils down to the trappings, for lack of a better word, that are around the origin of John Reed. The grit and violence of the Old West, as portrayed by writer Brett Matthews, has some people at odds. But as I said on the boards, we're going for a definitive take here, 
not just on Reed and who he becomes, but the times as well. And when it comes to a down and dirty old West, the gloves are off and no stone will remain unturned. Now, in a review posted over at Newsarama by the Best Shots crew, Lone Ranger number two is summed up along these lines. Quote, the whole crew is to be commended for crafting a strong vision of the revisionist West, end quote. And over at Silver Bullet Comics, they're looking at it in a similar vein, saying, quote, traditionally, the Lone Ranger was a family show in radio and television. It was an all-ages comic strip. This is a comic book seeking a mature audience, end quote. I'll add that, yes, we're seeking a more mature audience, but not at the expense of the characters. An important distinction to remember, and one that writer Brett Matthews is handling with grace and incredible execution. Readers of the series, I'm sure, would agree. The other hornet's nest we stirred up last week involves Red Sonia number 15, with some of our fans questioning Sonia's interlude with Calavelle. At the Dynamite message boards, cries of, What were you thinking? were heard. But comics waiting room reviewer Mark Mason nailed it on the head with this one. Quote, This Sonia is human longing for and remembering where she came from and who she was. And Oming also rewrites the somewhat odious, a man has to beat her in battle in order to have sex with her deal in a way that makes a bit more sense and makes Sonya into a little less of a character who deals with her world solely as a victim. This continues to be a surprising and solid series, end quote. And back to Best Shots, Troy felt the same way, saying, quote, I was quite rightly shocked by one bit that occurs here, as it represents a fairly radical departure for Sonya. Still, it's an act that's completely sensible. It just allows us to see a couple of different sides of the character." End quote. And remember, kids, it's all about the character. Stirring up no controversy currently, but getting good reviews and strong sales, as issue number one is now sold out, Highlander number one was praised by the Best Shots crew, saying, quote, best decision, ignoring the film sequels. Second best decision, involving the Kurgan. I also like the notion of setting this first arc in the 80s, immediately following the events of the first film. There's nothing wrong with making a book a period piece, particularly when certain elements of the story recall a certain time. Another solid dynamite adaptation, end quote. Thanks, guys. And that'll do it for this week. Not too bad of a start. But look for this thing to evolve and get firing on all cylinders as we get a few more under our belt. As always, we can be reached online at www.dynamiteentertainment.com, and I can be reached at submissions at dynamiteentertainment.com. And I read everything that comes my way, I promise. Until next week, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for reading.